Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend who I'd fly away with any day of the week, the mixtress, DC Gina. Uh, Louise, you ready for my terrible joke back? I'm on board. Oh, oh come on! <laughs> come on! <laughs> first class bad. <laughs> It's the economy, my friend. Yeah, there we go. Coach all, all the right. way. All right. So speaking of flying away, you know, we're reaching the peak of summer travel season. And, you know, many of us, like you, getting ready to go on vacation, right? Yes. So picture this, if you will. You ready? <clears throat> you stroll into an airport terminal, suitcase by your side, ready to embark on a grand adventure. As you take your seat at the bar or a cozy table, a world of possibilities unfolds before your eyes. The terminal becomes a realm of romance, where travelers gather, their names unknown, yet bonded by a single mission to fly far away from this place. And let's not forget the essential ingredient for any journey, a travel day cocktail. And if you have a connection, a satisfying meal can mean the difference between a fantastic travel day and a downright awful one. So, how can you savor every bite on your journey? Well, the readers of Food & Wine recently ranked the top domestic airports for their food. So you know what this means, Gina? It's a quiz. It's quiz time! Except Gina already read this article. <laughs> I think I'm going to win. Okay, let's see. Go. I'm going to tell you the food they're known for. Yep. You're gonna tell me the airport. Uh, ooh. Okay. Fuck. Ready? Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. There you all go. Right, all, all right, right, all right, all right, all right. This, and I'm going from the top Alaska. five. Alaska. From the top five. All right, I'm just gonna you know, okay. guess Alaska for everything now. <laughs> this city likes to keep it weird and embrace its plant-based dishes. San Francisco. San Diego. Portland. Something on the West Coast. <laughs> Portland. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four. Fucking Portland means weird. No, I'm yeah, just kidding. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, keep sorry, it sorry. weird. It's sorry. a. It, right, I honestly Portland didn't actually it read it. I just read it from top three. Okay, here okay, we go. Um, this is one of our favorites, actually, and offers an abundance of local favorites like oysters, gumbo, and fish across its menus oh, throughout the terminal. New Orleans. Exactly. Louis Armstrong, New Orleans Airport. Absolutely. Oh, great. This one, we're going to go to the Northern Tier. It's known for its artisanal uh, donuts, cheese-filled burgers, and clam chowder. Uh, Boston. No. Northern Northern Tier. Uh, Maine. I don't know. <laughs> Minneapolis, St. Paul. Northern T- that's, a, that's what it's called? The Northern Minneapolis that is no, called? No, that, that part of the country is called the Northern Tier. Okay. So it includes what? like Minneapolis, Montana, or Minnesota, Montana. Uh, PSA for everybody that grew up in <laughs> New York. We did not learn that in school. The Northern Tier to us is Maine. <laughs> and then there's only three other states. There's only New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Yeah, so, yeah the rest and like, is just and the, gray. Oh, and Maryland. That's oh, it. And everything. Oh, and Florida. No, and Florida. So delete Maryland and go right to Florida. (laughs) So that's it. That's what we're dealing with if you're a New Yorker. So this one um, is in the South, and it's the busiest airport in the United States and Uh, boasts that it has something for everyone. uh, It's in the Houston? Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Jackson. Yep. All right, and this is the last one. I think it's the first time I had Chick-fil-A was in Atlanta airport. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. get that there. Yeah. All right, last but not least, this one serves up many glasses of delicious local wines, 
alongside sushi, pho, and bento box. That's San Francisco. It is. Ding, ding, ding. That's my favorite airport. There you go. I love it it there. Yes. It's like the best food. You don't have to like worry about going to the airport there. So like if you take the 11 o'clock flight back to the East Coast at night, you just eat there. There you go. Mm. Good. All right. I found that in Tokyo. Tokyo was that way. Uh, There was really great food in the airport. What a flex right now. In Tokyo. (laughs) And I was... When I was traveling from Tokyo. Yes, I to mean, Hawaii. I know, you just yeah, like was. literally flexed so hard right there. You're no, like, I'm just oh, saying, I'm just thinking about where did I get the best food? And, you, and you're in a country that you obviously have like limited language skills and it can be challenging. I found amazing food. I was yeah. very, very happy about that. I'm All right. Use point. Just point. I'm going to eat this. <laughs> <laughs> they had it in English. So if you're like Gina and Dick, get... Uh, some of those questions not right. Um, don't worry, because today's designated drinker knows all the great airport hotspots and has been doing her part to make your airport experience even more enjoyable. By contributing and conceptualizing all things beverage found in airports nationwide, please welcome to the show the founder and CEO of Experience 3, Liz Einhorn. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, Liz. Hi, Gina. I got huge emojis going for my hands right now. (laughs) The love is real. The love is real. The love is real. She's pretty fucking funny, everybody. There you go. Here we go. Talking the F bombs today. What's going on with you? I don't know. A little saucy today. I don't know. A little saucy. Yes. Maybe it's Liz. Maybe it's Liz. I think it is. It is. No, the Liz effect. It is. I'm feeling experienced. No, I'm just kidding. Great. High expectations. (laughs) So, um. Before we jump into your journey of joining the Mile High Club, I mean, uh, airport Ah. hospitality concept development, um, can we talk about, will you share with our listeners um, a little bit about yourself and how did this career begin? Um, So I sold drugs before I sold beer. I worked for Johnson Johnson doing pharmaceutical sales. And then at 23, my family thought I was insane because I took a massive pay cut. Yes. And gave up a company car to go sell beer. I had a friend of a friend who mentioned that her friend did sales for Sam Adams after I was sitting at a bar and they changed the Sam Adams seasonal tap handle while I was sitting there. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, like she does promos? Because I had done like promo model work and stuff like that, like samplings. And she was like, no, she works in sales. And I was like, that's a job. I'm interested. Yeah. So four months later, J&J had massive layoffs, which is very typical in pharmaceuticals. So, you know, to my family, I'm like, who's stupid now? Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I really, I mean, I was with Boston Beer for 10 years and I had a very atypical but really incredible um, journey with them. So I'm just trying to get on your plane, if you will, with airport vernacular. (laughs) So I did sales locally in Philly where I'm based um, for a little bit, did quite well, and then there was an opportunity to take over all the airports. Wow. And I raised my hand and I was like, can I do this? And they're like, are you willing to be on a plane 85% of the time? And I was like, sure. I was 26, what what else do I have to do? And they were like, well, do you know anything about airports? And I was like, nope. And within a year, um, I really, you know, threw myself into the role. It was great. Like, I started, that was 2009. Uh, So at the time, Boston Beer was mostly known for Sam Adams and Twisted Tea, Gina's favorite. (laughs) Love Twisted Tea. I think the only reason why Gina likes me is her dream of getting on a Twisted Tea can, which we are (laughs) working on. (laughs) That is literally, like, the bottom of the reason why I like you. There's so many more reasons why I like you. Oh, you're too kind. (laughs) 
Uh, this is safe space. We can be honest about it. <laughs> I'm serious. I do love twisted tea. So if anybody wants to drop off a twisted tea like Jeep for the summer, I'll drive it. But 100% that is not it. She's the kindest person I've met. And like, in such a short amount of time. But sorry, oh, go on. You're so nice. Well, Keep I going. loved the airport position because I was literally traveling the country. Some days, uh, similar to a Tetris piece, I'd be in four different cities in one wow. day. Wow. Wow. But I also, as part of that, got to take on you know a fun hybrid position where when we were rolling out products na nationally, I could get insight to that. So I was part of the team that, you know at the time it was a regional cider test, it became Angry Orchard. So I helped take Angry Orchard National. Oh, and I called on Aramark at the time as well, because it wasn't just airports, I had concessions. So I went to them and I was like, hey, gluten-free is not going to be a trend. That's going to be an expectation. Let's make this work. And then it, it was part of what uh, led to Angry Orchard's success, which was bananas, yeah. or I guess I should say apples. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, this is a safe space for food puns. Um, but yeah, so I All did puns. that. I did that role for several years. Also, as part of that, I worked with the Boston Beer like branded concept program. So if you're ever traveling in an airport and you see Sam Adams Toast Atlanta or the Brew Clubs or things like that, that program was my baby. And I also got to meet a lot of really incredible, I just love the airport space. It's a bunch of nerds who really know how to drink. I thought pharmaceutical folks like got down at conferences. No, airport folks will drink you <laughs> under the table and then some, for sure. And uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, then I got promoted and I was dealing with high-end fine dining, uh, Applebee's, Buffalo Wild Wings, the like. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, like, as much as I poke fun at chain restaurants, I think they're really spectacular in the sense that you can be in Atlanta, you can be in Long Island, you can be in San Francisco and have the same experience. Yeah. There's actually something for that. But while and it's all, really hard to do. It's incredibly hard to do. And it's also, though, what started to happen is the days of Applebee's opening 1,500 more Applebee's, that's just not the world we live in anymore. So you have... You know, you're seeing so much innovation and expansion in terms of brands and brand portfolios. I mean, even in the 10 years I was at Boston, I think we went from maybe, I still say we habitually, 10 styles of Sam to over 100 you yeah. know, different products that were released. And that's just the Sam Adams brand family alone. Twisted Tea saw a lot of innovation. Angry Orchard became a thing. Uh, there was the whole... Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Alchemy and Science, which was like the craft incubator that Boston Beer did with no. Alan Newman, who had founded Magic Hat. Oh, cool. And stuff like that. So they had, through that, that was Angel City, Coney Island. Oh, I know Coney Island. Yeah. And yeah. Um, oh, they created Concrete Beach in Miami. So did a lot of fun brands with that. And then, but the idea of like going back to the restaurant group, like what you're going to drink in Atlanta isn't what you're going to drink in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. So how do you localize these programs? How do you also find a way that um, with these restaurant groups that are emerging, it's not going to be the same brick and mortar, the menu's the same, the design's the same. You have restaurant groups that operate like a chain. They have the buying power of a chain. They cross state lines, but they don't necessarily what you're going to drink. You know, you have, could have a restaurant group that has a Mexican concept and a French brassier, very different. Yeah. drinking experiences. So I had a knack for like connect four, if you will. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> occasion-based drinking. We're at Park, which is a French restaurant. We're going to be drinking like rosé cider versus we're going to have a margarita here. And then um, my last kind of big project that I was a part of was helping with the rollout of Truly Seltzer nationally. 
Cool. So got to within ten years, pretty much had thirty years experience. Wow, that's great. Uh, which was crazy, and that was a crazy rollout. It was super fun, and it's and it's insane to see like where seltzer has gone today. Yeah. Um, and what's impacting seltzer and who the drinker is, and and I'm just a nerd. I love all this stuff, and I love I miss the airports though. So I found a way to kind of bring it all back together. That's awesome. I think the common thread here is like you work for this really innovative company that you 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 made, in my opinion, obviously as if that matters, made a great leap out of pharmaceuticals into a hospitality space because it just I didn't know you then, but I can't imagine you doing anything else with this short time I've gotten to know you. You've got this just personality that belongs in hospitality, That's right? So nice, and thank you. To think that you, but you went into this company that, to your point, is very innovative started figuring out new ways, but it seems like it was such a natural fit for you. Yeah, well, and you know what, I also, to give credit where credit's due, I was, there. I had so many resources, but I was also truly given autonomy to grow and had a really wonderful boss, Jen, who when I started into national sales and in the airport role, who was there as a support and a resource, but also let me really make it my own. But and raise you my raised hand. your hand, though. I mean, that's the thing is that I think a lot of people get afraid. You're like, I don't have enough. I don't know enough. I don't haven't experienced enough to do this thing. When they asked you, you're like, Nope, but I'm gonna. I mean, that is exactly. that audacity to do that. You is so inspiring. I applaud that. Thank you. No, no, I appreciate it's, that. It's very honest much. because people you get caught up in what you should do and not follow those passions, and so you don't become that whole person that you should be. And we're better for that in the world. I think. If more people could do that. I couldn't agree more. And I also, I don't have time for BS. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> BS people. I don't want people to BS me. And yeah. that's how, I mean, tomorrow is actually the six year anniversary of having my own thing. And I know it's crazy. It's so exciting. It's a but, huge accomplishment. Yeah. And it's also, I've not had to market once because it's all, it's relationships. And I've built the business around the framework of, of course, I want myself and my team and three, and I know we'll get into three um, later in our conversation, but I want to be the right fit, but if we're not, let me help you find the right fit. Because yep. that's how I've built my whole career too, is I know a lot, but I also don't know a lot. So I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I no. want to find the smartest person in the room Absolutely. and like talk them up and be yeah. like, teach me your ways. Well, the <laughs> other thing is when you become the only person that can have the answer, you have just put a really tight leash around your neck that will continue to tighten. Because you letting it go and bringing in really, surrounding yourself with really smart people makes your job so much easier because you aren't the only one. The stress going, oh my God, what am I gonna do? I don't have it. Well, you've got great people around you who, who carry that load. And we're all human too. So there's yeah. only so much that you're capable of in exactly. terms of like your personal, professional, emotional, mental, physical, <laughs> all the bandwidth. <laughs> all of it. Yeah, because I mean, and then by doing that too, you free yourself to only do the part that you really love. Of course, there's things that you don't want to do. I mean, expense running, reports. Yeah. Oh God, you and me both. I hate anything that has anything to do with an Excel sheet. Oh. Don't, don't open a restaurant. Then. That's, okay. where you, that's where you live. You live in expenses. So I am then a contradiction because I love a good Excel sheet. I just don't want to have to do, you know, like the monotonous like, administrative like save stuff. Like savior to receipt. Like save a receipt and enter it? Well, let me tell you though, TurboScan has changed my life. <laughs> this is not a formal ad for TurboScan. <laughs> but if they need, if they'd like to sponsor this episode. <laughs> yes. Please contact Elise. <laughs> You're out there. Yeah, there we go. I like, that's a good sponsor right there, huh? Yeah, yeah. So what do you find that's really exciting about bringing a brand to market? 
Oh my gosh. You know, again, we'll see many iterations of me being a nerd uh, throughout these conversations. <laughs> you fit right in. <laughs> Excellent. I'm very good company. I, I think in terms of bringing brands to market, I think there's excitement around if it's a new brand, like if it's a startup that hasn't been in the space before. There's, I touched upon earlier, you know, it was 2016 when uh, the Truly launch happened. So since God, then. It feels like not that long ago. Well, I mean, and also who has a sense of time since COVID. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, the two years of black hole. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> and then some. But I think with Seltzer, you know, Seltzer has grown, has far surpassed, I think, what anyone had initially anticipated. Then you have RTD and everything that's happening with that. And now, kind of my next prediction, if you will, is the um, functional spiked beverage. I think has a place at the table, literally. Uh, so you're starting to see that a lot with June Shine, which is a hard kombucha. There's a spiked coconut water um, that I'm working with. It's, I will get you samples. Um, <laughs> it's it's great because it's, I think it's really exciting and it's just helping these, the it's two Wharton uh, grads who found it. I used to advise the Wharton Food Club, so we got connected through that. And I served as their interim CMO and I'm now an advisor for the brand, but just helping them figure out and my agency also does their social. Regardless, we are trying to figure out their place in the world. Yeah. And I think there's something about that. Like, it's not just about understanding your product and your niche, but it's understanding total portfolio. Absolutely. So I think when brands go to market, there's a common misconception that I see both internally within the organizational structure that they have and externally in terms of the audience that they're trying to serve, the clients that they're trying to get distribution with. They don't think outside of themselves. And I like for three to operate as kind of that guiding voice of like, check yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Because so my background is branding and advertising. And awesome. so all you're speaking all the right, you know, I mean, all magic words to me. Yes. Um, but it's true with all brands, though. I We have a certain client currently that can't get beyond themselves. And to explain why you need to position yourself differently and become relevant to your chosen audience and not everyone cares about you. I'm sorry, they don't, because you don't fit. It is sometimes just eye-opening and how people really are setting themselves up for failure because they haven't taken the time to go, okay, I'm wonderful, I know I'm wonderful, but I need to make sure you know why I'm of any benefit to you at all, is the whole thing, is that twist. Sure. And actually something that really helped me in terms of laying foundation for growth was my airport experience, specifically the business development aspect of it. Uh, so I talked about the, you know, we would, I managed the branded concept program. So the life cycle of getting stuff into an airport, I mean, there's the, there's a lot of different ways. There's no, con the only consistency in airports is that there is no consistency. <laughs> so what happens at one airport is going to be entirely different than another. So understanding that framework helped me you know, you have to think about, you might start having conversations around a brand or a concept, but it could not maybe not be built for another three years. Yeah. So the idea of growth, that's like where I really fell in love with it because you have to understand it's not also what's happening in that moment, but you have to think about the next three months, the next three years. Yep. Yep. So, and I, um, to that vein, I think the other way that we help people grow, as I mentioned, there's the startup aspect of it, but also people growing within either retaining business because there's so much innovation or competition out there. Yep or thinking about like innovation within their own portfolios. Um, yeah, and, and not being sure. afraid to unfortunately retire brands yeah. sometimes. Yeah, we call that sunsetting. Oh, I love that. Yeah. May I steal that? Absolutely. Great. <laughs> Speaking of stealing, will you make a Sun trick that everyone else can steal? Sunsetting. Yeah. Hmm. Like. 
Yes, let's go do our trick. Let's do, we're gonna actually do a tip. We're doing tip today. Yeah. No trick. Just it's tip. Just delicious. Just giving me the tip, Gina. Mm -hmm. All right, it is the season, right? It's my time for my favorite cocktail that I make all year. I drink them all year long, even though most people think that you shouldn't drink them. The ice pick. It is the beginning of all things great for me. It has iced tea, best, and then you add your favorite liquor. Sometimes vodka, sometimes, you know, gin, whatever you're feeling, right? But here's the trick to making the best ice pick you can make. There's two things. One, you're gonna make an iced tea concentrate. An iced tea concentrate means that you're putting a double amount of tea that goes into making iced tea. If you use a flat amount of regular iced tea, right? So if you use eight ounces to one tea bag, it is gonna be diluted once you put the alcohol in there. So what you're gonna do is a two to one ratio. Two tea bags for every eight ounces of um, steep liquid. Now, here's another trick that I love. I take four ounces of hot water, two tea bags, I steep it, it gets super dark. Then I add four ounces of cold water. Boom, you have eight ounces there. Guess what that makes? Four cocktails. Delicious, love it, my favorite. So you have this concentrate. Now, don't worry, you put it all in the notes. You don't have to race along, but just remember, keep it up. Double up the tea, half the amount of water, add the cold later, right? So you're gonna have this beautiful mix that looks like this, right? So it's nice and cloudy. So this is a sweet orange um, tea, which I really love to use. Tazo makes it, you can buy it in any grocery store anywhere. I looked, I try to bring everything to you that is not like, I can only get it in this little tiny shop in Georgetown, right? Which you can get little tiny things in Georgetown and DC. Anyway, this is a really great tea. It smells delicious, it's got like this wild orange blend, I love it. So now, second part, two-parter, right? You're going to learn how to roll a drink. So first thing you do is you fill up your glass with as much ice as that you need. So if that's your drink and it's all the way to the top and there is gonna be liquid in there, you're gonna take your um, tea, you're gonna fill it to the top, and you would have your alcohol and everything else in there and you're gonna learn how to roll your drink. Rolling a drink is a real thing. It's not shaking, it's rolling. You take your shaker tin, you take your glass. You have these two things. Take this and you pour it in, that's one. Back, it's two, three, and four, right? That's what they mean by a four times, right? It's just back and forth, and then what it happens is it puts a little head on it. When you add sugar, another juice, alcohol, whatever, you get a big frothy head, and you're not destroying the tea. Tea is complicated. It doesn't like to be like tortured too much. So enjoy it, cheers, love an ice pick. Also love the summer. So see ya. Gina, I have to say it. You're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> so like if you learn nothing, right, all you have to keep in mind is that you make a nice dark concentrate and roll the drink. And now you have the technique of going back and forth from your glass to your um, shaker tin and you will never shake your iced tea drinks again. There That's you go. It. I guess the other thing is if you kind of, it's kind of a good way to judge if you should have another one, if you can actually do it <laughs> without yeah. spilling it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Totally. You want to get more in your face than on your lap. I, I think mean, totally. Yeah. Right? So. Wait till you taste the cocktail. That's the best part. Oh, I can't wait. So they're going to have to come back part two for that because mm -hmm. this brings us to the end of part one um, with founder and CEO of Experience 3, Liz Unicorn. Einhorn. <laughs> AKA, AKA. To be fair, unicorn is the translation of my last name. Yeah. <laughs> but you are as German, as magical as a unicorn. And it's oh, just as sparkly. Best.
Mm. Um, but if you're anything like me or Gina, one round is just never enough. So, you know, go off and uh, tap off that drink and get ready for part two of this episode as we continue our boozy banter. And Gina shares a cocktail recipe that is sure to make sure you join the Mile High Club. <laughs> <laughs> The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.